Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WEEI Late Night with Brian Barrett on WEEI. All right, welcome in. Sorry, I do not have a parody song tonight, but we got a lot to get into with you up until midnight. So before I get into the Patriots and their offseason, I just want to mention this real quickly with the Celtics. I don't understand the negativity towards that team. Like, I understood it for the majority of the season. I understand it, right? But it feels like people in the fan base and people in the media, people here at the station, they don't want to embrace the team now because of what they saw for the first two and a half months of the season. But I don't understand why there isn't more excitement with this team. And in particular, I don't understand why there isn't more excitement around Jason Tatum. It feels like what we're seeing over the past two months and what it looks like to me, and I have a lot of stuff to back this up. I'll get into in greater detail last night or later on in the night, I should say. I don't know how I'd get into greater detail last night. That'd be pretty amazing. But he has taken that leap. Everything you wanted to see from Jason Tatum, he is now taking that step. He has become a better playmaker. He has become a better rebounder. In fact, for his position, he's one of the best rebounders in the league. The last sort of hurdle with Jason Tatum was, okay, what is he going to do as a playmaker? And what we've really seen since Ime Adoka called him out is he has become a much better playmaker. If you remember, the Celtics lost a game to the Charlotte Hornets back on the 19th of January. And after that game, Ime Adoka came out and he said, quote, impact the game when your shot's not falling. So since that comment, Jason Tatum is averaging 5.3 assists per game. He had seven last night. He is averaging 13.2 points created via assists, 17 last night. His assist rate is 24.7. It was 38.9 last night. Prior to that, he was averaging 3.6 assists per game. So his assists up an assist and a half. He was averaging 9.8 points created via assists. So that's up four points. And his assist rate was at 17.8%. So his assist rate is up about 7%. So everything that you have asked for from Jason Tatum, he has delivered. And this whole idea right now, and I know that we've got into this about can Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play together. I think we just have to stop having that as a conversation in general. Not because I believe like Tatum and Brown are the best duo of all time. No, because it's not really a duo. Jason Tatum is clearly definitively the best player on the team. Like Jalen Brown does not compare to Jason Tatum right now as a player. So this is where I think that Brad Stevens has to sort of, and this is more of an offseason thing, but Brad Stevens has to, I was saying months ago that Brad Stevens should be asking himself the question of, hey, what do I do to 
get the best players to fit around Tatum and Brown. Not the best player in particular, but what players fit around Tatum and Brown? From my perspective, that should no longer be the question. The question should be, hey, what type of player do I get? What type of players do I get in general to fit around Jason Tatum and and Jason Tatum in particular, not Jalen Brown? I'm not concerned about that anymore. I believe Jalen Brown is a really good player. I'm not dismissing him as a player whatsoever, but he's not in the same stratosphere as Jason Tatum. It's not a duo. It's Jason Tatum's team, and all the pieces should fit around Jason Tatum accordingly. And we'll find out more. But the Celtics, if you really think about it, they've done a really good job when Jalen Brown's not on the court this year. And Jason Tatum in particular has done a really good job when Jalen Brown's not on the court, which I do feel like at times... It has been unfair to Tatum, and not to blame Jalen Brown. This isn't an indictment on Jalen Brown, but the guy's always dealing with something from an injury perspective. And when you look at Jason Tatum, this is amazing. So Jason Tatum on the court this year without Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, and Jalen Brown. Think about that. Those are essentially, outside of Jason Tatum, your next three best offensive players, if you will, right? So with those guys off the court, which is Jason Tatum, they have a 115.3 offensive rating. And just to put that into the proper context, the best offense in the league is the Utah Jazz. They have a 116.2 offensive rating. So Jason Tatum is basically making the Celtics playing at an elite level better than anybody else besides the Utah Jazz without smart Robert Williams and Jalen Brown in the court. Okay. I think I'm one of the best players. Yeah, I agree with you. I believe you're one of the best players as well. You look at Jalen Brown without Tatum and you take Tatum and you take Smart and you take Robert Williams off the court. You know what the Celtics have with just Jalen Brown on the court there? A 107.5 offensive rating. That would be about 26 in the NBA with the Clippers. So this whole idea of the duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, it's not even close to being true. The Celtics take a significant step back when Jason Tatum is off the floor offensively. They go from being an elite-level offense to basically a bottom-dweller, one of the worst offenses in the league when Tatum's not on the floor. And one of the things that stuck out to me more so than anything else about last night is I feel right now, and look, they've been playing really well for two weeks, but or two months, rather. But what I feel really good about right now with this Celtics team is two things. The first one, of course, is Jason Tatum, but the combination of uh, Jason Tatum and Ime Adoka, because what I saw last night in the third quarter of the game was Tatum was just like, I'm sick of it. We're not losing this game, and I'm going to make sure we don't lose this game. Because if you look at that third quarter, it was a team effort, and the defense was obviously great for the Celtics, right? But in that third quarter, the Hawks were just 6 for 20. The Celtics were 12 of 23. So Ime Adoka obviously said something to them in the locker room. But if you look at what Jason Tatum did, he goes for 11 points in that quarter he got to the free throw line five times just completely imposed his will on the Hawks when we saw Trey Young the Hawks cannot beat the Celtics in a playoff series I'm sorry they are going to smother Trey Young just like they did in the third quarter and here's the thing I would point to with the Celtics last night and the thing I liked more so than anything else about what they decided to do after halftime because it all opened up for them in the fourth quarter they were draining threes like crazy Grant Williams back-to-back threes at the end of the game but how about this for data The Celtics last night, 18 of 23 in the restricted area. They were getting to the paint, and they were finishing. That's 78.3%. So they were getting to the rim, and they were scoring nearly 80% of the time when they got in the restricted area. So on the season, they're at 68.2% 
in the restricted area. That's fifth in the NBA. The best in the NBA is the Warriors at 70%. Last night, the Celtics were at 78.3%. After getting embarrassed in the first half, they came back and they said in the second half, we're going right at you. And they completely shut that team down from a defensive perspective. You, you know the Hawks had a 59.1 offensive rating in the third quarter. The Celtics had a 147.6. And basically that means points per 100 possessions. So they had an 88.5 net rating. That's how dominant the Celtics were when they wanted to ratchet up the defense in the third quarter. Now, I don't know why they didn't ratchet it up to begin the game or in the second quarter. But the thing that I took away was, holy crap, when they want to play defense, we know they're a good defensive team. But for them to just be able to turn it on like that, it was pretty nice to see. And the other thing I'll say is real quickly about Ime Adoka. One of the things I really like about him is, and I think this is going to carry over to the postseason a bit. I saw last night in that game, Ime Adoka doing a lot of stuff the teams do in the postseason. So if you notice what they were doing in the third quarter, it's like the first couple of plays of the half. So Jason Tatum, a lot of the time now, and because of, the improvement with his ball handling and with the improvement with him as a passer, he brings the ball up a lot. But to begin that third quarter, and obviously this is coming from the coach, they use Jason Tatum as the screener, right? And the reason they do that is whoever Trey Young was covering, they would have Marcus Smart, whoever, bring up the ball, and then Jason Tatum would set a screen. So then he gets Trey Young on him, and they just abuse Trey Young. And even if the Hawks come with a double, well, then the ball starts flying around. And then you get easy opportunities. That's something that we'll see in the postseason, right? Where the Celtics can identify the weak spot on the opposition defensively and just keep attacking that with Tatum. Tatum, for the first four years of his career, he wasn't setting screens like he is now. He's much more willing to do that. And we saw it last night in that third quarter when they made that run. The other thing I'd say, we talked about, I don't know why I keep saying the other thing I'll say. I got a lot of stuff to say. But in the restricted area last night as a team, 78.3%. And the reason they're there is because Tatum was the one attacking the basket. He was 6 of 7 in the restricted area. And he attempted 7 free throws. So he was putting pressure on the basket. Since the start of the new year, Tatum now, 71.9% in the restricted area, 5.4 attempts per game. Prior to that, 60.3%. Because it felt like at times, for the first couple of months of the season, he was settling too often. He's actually cut down his mid-range attempts, and he's upped his three-point attempts since the start of the new year as well, which is what every like analytical mind out there loves to see in basketball players. It's essentially what Daryl Morey made James Harden into. Now, he became a caricature of what he is at times, but this is what you want. Less mid-range from Jason Tatum. And look, you're going to need that at times in the postseason. I'm not saying that the mid-range game is dead. I mean, think about teams that have been successful lately. Kawhi Leonard, who won the championship of the Raptors, one of the best mid-range jump shooters in the NBA. Durant with the Warriors, one of the most, one of the most talented mid-range shooters in the NBA. So you're going to need that in terms of the postseason. But when you can just get downhill, and Tatum, because he's put on this weight, He's much more built physically than he was just a couple of years ago. I mean, you can see it. It's clear with him. But you also look at the fact that when Tatum wants to get to the basket now, it feels like he can at will. And I never understood the poor finishing at the beginning of the season. And this is something that goes back to last year as well. But now what we've seen with Tatum is when he gets in there, he is finishing. And if he's not finishing... He's getting to the line. There's no more pretty crap at the basket anymore. That's what sort of irked me about Tatum in the past. It's like he's trying to do these weird flip shots, and he's trying to do reversal. He just get to the basket 
Use your physicality and get there. And I think we've seen that with Tatum. All right, a couple of other things I want to get into with the Celtics. I want to give Ime Adoka credit for something he's done. I never thought it would work, and it is. And then I kind of want to look ahead into the postseason in terms of the coaches in the Eastern Conference. How many of those coaches are you actually worried about in the postseason? I believe the list is pretty small, and I will get into the team that the Patriots need to look at in terms of getting weapons for Mac Jones. There is a comparison in how you can build this team and get it back to contention quick. We'll get into that. The number 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you here on EEI. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Seas will be without Jalen Brown Thursday night when they host John ja Morant and the Grizzlies. John ja Morant, most popular player in the NBA right now. His team is 11-2 and two without him, by the way. But everybody in Memphis loves John ja Morant. I don't get why the media gets on Tatum all the time. Anyway, that's a conversation for a different time. I don't know why I'm so aggravated tonight. Brown, of course, dealing with a right ankle sprain that he suffered in the Greens. 107-98 went over the Hawks on Tuesday night. That looked bad. Luckily, that's just a sprain. I was worried about that for a second there because it looked like, I don't know, Matt, didn't it look like he was holding his knee and his ankle at one point? Yeah, which every time he grabs at that knee, I get a little worried, especially after kind of the bubble playoff run where after every dunk he'd hop for a second to test it. Yeah, it looked bad. And it didn't help that I go to Twitter immediately and see a bunch of actual players saying prayers up as if they noticed it, realized how bad it could be. Glad it's not nearly as bad as we thought, though. Yeah, I mean, I just always worry about him in terms of the health. There's always something going on with Jalen Brown. All right, elsewhere, ESPN is reporting, speaking of health issues, Kevin Durant is expected to return Thursday night. Okay, so he's going to return Thursday when the Nets host the Heat. By the way, how about the Celtics? They sent that game away. TNT flexed it. It was supposed to be the Nets in the Heat. They flexed it out, so the Celtics could play John Morant and the Grizzlies. After tuning the Celtics out a couple times in the past few weeks because of blowout scores, turning the Celtics off on their on their national channel. Oh, Matt, speaking of TNT, did you see what? Did you hear what Shaq said last night? I'm watching the pregame on TNT. Hey, I like the I like Stan Van Gundy as the analyst. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. But so during the pregame. They were doing this thing. It was some agreement. They're not a sponsor. I don't know if they're a sponsor of ours, but one of the sports books. So it was over under Robert Williams, 10 rebounds. Shaq goes, I don't know who that is. He's <laughs> <laughs> the third best player on the Celtics. And he's always tooting the horn for all the big men. He can't pay attention to arguably the best shot blocker in the league. Second most offensive rebounds. Come on, Shaq. Uh, Brooklyn, by the way, they went 5-16 and 16 with Durant out of the lineup. The Bees remain out west for a date with the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. The black and gold coming off that 4-3 to three loss to the Ducks on Tuesday. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer was asked if Miami was after Deshaun Watson. Greer responded, quote, the door is shut on Deshaun. Eh, we'll see about that. Tim Graham of The Athletic reports the Bills have interest in signing Rob Gronkowski if Gronk wants to keep playing. By the way, I ran this. This is a theory I had back on conference championship weekend. I ran it by Mego. She laughed at me. She said his girlfriend, there's no way she's going to move to Buffalo. I got to talk to Mego about that. He's going to Buffalo. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, welcome back in. We are with you until midnight. The thing about Jalen Brown going down is just the lack of depth the Celtics team has and partly because you had to make the move to bring in Derek White and you wanted to get rid of Dennis Schroeder. I'm not saying that Brad Stevens did anything wrong there. Derek White's obviously been a really nice fit and I like finally, how about Derek White last night? Shoot your floater, man. Shoot your floater. No, you don't have to take threes all the time. I feel like when Jalen went out of the game, he felt like, oh, wow, I can actually dribble. I can actually do some stuff offensively and he gets back-to-back floaters. He's shooting north of 53% on floaters since he joined the Celtics. When he was in San Antonio, it was at 48%. So there's a reason you're open, okay? If you're wide open for these threes, there's a reason for that. So I would like to see him take that floater more because he's really good with that shot. And obviously he's fit in seamlessly from a defensive perspective. So the thing that affects you with the Jalen thing is just this team is so short in terms of the bench. And I liked the idea of drafting Neesmith out of Vanderbilt a couple of years ago because the idea was he's the best shooter coming out of college. Like, that was the whole idea of Neesmith. Last night, he doesn't take one of those corner threes. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy. Because he had missed a couple more. He missed one really bad. He hit the side of the backboard on a mid-range jump shot. And he doesn't take one of the corner threes. He drives into the lane. And, look, it's not like he ended up turning the ball over, but when you're in the corner and you get the ball, you have got to shoot it. So that's the concern with Jalen going out. It's just the depth. I do feel like if this team just had a couple of more options off the bench, like the guy that I keep bringing up is Gary Harris. I, I don't know what the hell's going on there. I don't know why the Magic haven't decided to buy that guy out. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. 
playing 30 minutes a night for a team that sucks and is trying to lose. Gary Harris should be on a winning team right now. He'd be the perfect fit for the Celtics because they have a lot of bigs, but they are short on that wing line. Not literally short like is in their height. They just don't have a lot of wings after Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So that'd definitely be a good fit. And it may not be the worst thing for Jalen to get some time off because really since the start of February, he has struggled 21 points a game. Since the start of February, he was at 24 prior to that. 28.3% from three. He was at 36.1% before that. And this is really the one that sticks out to me. 67.9% from the line in February. 79.1% before that. And you wonder if this is part of the reason that he struggled in terms of just the fact that he hasn't been able to hit his jump shots. And I would also look at his finishing has not been the same. In the restricted area, 64.5%, which is not awful. But prior to that, he was at 73.2%. So his numbers across the board, his shooting numbers, have really come down as of late. It could just be a shooting slump. But we've seen this with Jalen throughout his career. As the season goes on, his body tends to break down. And look, I understand now he's going to heal from an ankle injury, which we hope isn't that severe. We know that he walked off, and we know that it was swelling. But maybe having a little bit of time off will refresh him. Because remember last time he came back from the injury? It's like he was shot out of a cannon. I'm just glad, not glad that he got injured. I'm glad that it happened now. And not like a week before the postseason, right? They got to get to that postseason. I want to see what it looks like with Jalen on the court with Tatum in a postseason run. Because last year they didn't have that option with Jason Tatum. This year they're actually going to have that luxury, if you will, to have both of those guys on the court. And the problem is, this is the issue with the Celtics team with the short rotation. Now, lately, Peyton Pritchard's been getting some more time. Last night, he couldn't throw the ball in the damn ocean. But I will give him credit in terms of he does play hard defensively. And I know they ended up, like, challenging that call on Bogdanovich. I felt like he played really good defense. So, yeah, maybe he touched him. But he does do a really good job keeping guys in front of him. Now, obviously, he's going to get overpowered once you get into the lane. But he does do a really good job keeping guys in front of him. And, of course, with the rest of the guys you have defensively, you can have one guy that's not a great defender out there when you have Smart, when you have Jalen Brown, when you have Jason Tatum, when you have Robert Williams, when you have Al Horford, when you have all those other components out there, you can live with having one bad defender. But just getting back to that whole one bad defender thing, this is the one thing that is very appealing about the Celtics when they get into a potential postseason series. Well, they're going to be in the postseason. But when they get into a series... Who do you pick on if the Celtics are healthy? Al Horford's having an incredible season. Robert Williams is having a great season. Jalen Brown's having a great season. Well, a really good season. Jason Tatum's having one of the best seasons in the NBA. And we all know what Marcus Smart is as a defender. How about the play that Smart made last night to save the ball at the end of the game where he just tapped it and dove out of bounds? I mean, that was insane. But this is like when I was talking about Tatum in terms of what Ime Adoka was doing last night, they were getting the weak defender on Tatum so he could just pick on him. So what LeBron James has done for years in the postseason. Remember, he tried to get Isaiah Thomas on him going back to the NBA Finals. And Curry's not a bad defender, but he's diminutive in stature compared to LeBron, right? Six foot three. With the Celtics, there's really not that guy to pick on. Jason Tatum mentioned this a couple of years ago. He said the Raptors series was the toughest series he played in because of that. It was Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam, all these guys, Serge Ibaka, who wasn't basically creaky at that point. He was still a good player. You had all those guys, and you couldn't really pick on a defender. There was no easy matchup. That's the same thing with the Celtics. All these other teams, really, in the East, they have that defender that you could go after. Now, those teams, a lot of them have way more firepower offensively than the Celtics, but you have to be great defensively if you're going to be 
the type of offense the Celtics are because they're clearly not consistent on that side of the ball. Although I do think it's getting better, and I do think putting the ball in Tatum's hands more in terms of being the primary playmaker has certainly helped this team. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Let's get to Chris. He's in Reading. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm uh, first things first. Uh, I got a point about the MLB lockout, but sure. before I get to that, has anyone checked on Bradfoe? I'm worried about him. He hasn't been tweeting. I don't know <laughs> if he's in his in his home crying about everything, but I haven't I haven't heard much from him. Is so, he okay? I'm told he's going to be on with Mutt tomorrow from seven to nine. We hear he's oh, okay. He's had- he he did a spot with I believe Gresham Keith yesterday. And I think he called up Mutt show as well last night as well. So yes, I do. I can confirm that Brad Foe is still alive. Good. Okay. All right. So here's my point. My point is that I think the players union has just gotten a lot stronger over the past nine days. And I think it's going to be the owners who are going to have to bend and break because I mean, the one, the one good Evan Drellick tweet that he's had over the past nine days is that is the picture of all the players at Tony Clark's press conference, just standing united very prominent players both in the picture and very prominent players standing united today tweeting out like Mike Trout making a bold statement, taking direct shots at Rob Manifer, Manfred. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the players stand united and really try to put pressure on the owners to maybe even try to get to this um, kind of soft deadline of 140 games that Jeff Passan was tweeting out today about and how the uh, owners and the teams, they need 140 games or else they're going to have to pay money back to the various TV networks that they have contracts. So wondering if you just think the same, uh, wondering if you think the players are a lot stronger and if you think it's going to be the owners who are going to have to break in and possibly give in here. Thanks again, Brian. All right, appreciate the call, Chris. Well, the one thing I'll say is if you look at what happened in the last CBA, the players got screwed. So that can't happen again. And knowing that whole situation about the 140 games that has been reported, that's essentially what the owners need. They're not worried about missing those 22 games, although they'd like to have it. But I do think that it is a sign of strength from the Players Association that they were willing to miss those games because they know they cannot cave to the owners like they did last time around. See, and this is, and Bradfoe actually made a rare good point about this. One of the things that the Players Association has basically admitted through Scott Forrest is they screwed up the last CBA because they were worried about the wrong things. The problem is they've dug themselves such a deep hole in terms of the gap. Because if you look at it since 03 to, if you go back to 03 to 2018, the revenue in the league has gone up by 188%. Well, the CBT has gone up 68%. So it's not even close, right, to – and it's barely gone up the past couple of years. It's not even close to what the revenue is. So the players have a really good argument. All this revenue is going up, and you're barely having the CBT rise. But that's going back to the last CBA, the CBA they agreed to. So they can't have a similar CBA in terms of the structure with splitting up the revenue and the CBT. It's got to be better this time, and I give them credit for doing this. And hopefully – they can get a lot more because it's unfair the amount of money the owners are making and crying poor and what the players are making. And I really haven't seen, like, every. it's kind of cut and dry. That's why I didn't do it off the top of the show tonight. It's kind of cut and dry. The owners, everybody's on the player's side in this particular situation, right? So, it, it, I mean, to me, it would be a more, like, it's obviously, 
very impactful for the sport, and I hope they play, obviously, for the station. I love baseball in general. Like, they're going to have me back no matter what. But the one other component to this whole situation is just, like, if we were actually discussing baseball stuff, like, the players don't want the seven-inning doubleheaders and the owners do, like, something along those lines, I feel like that would have a lot more reaction to it, right? Or, hey, should we keep the runner on second base in extra innings? Like, that, should we have a clock in terms of a pitch clock should we have one of those like that stuff is interesting like this whole stuff everybody agrees the player should get more money in terms of the cbt should be higher everybody agrees so like there really isn't some amazing take that somebody's going to have over the next couple of days that's going to be like oh my god that is altering that changed my mind completely no none of that's going to happen here's the main point the player screwed up the last cb CBA. So they're trying to get more money this time around. The owners are in a position where they're like, wait, hold on. We can't go to that. We can't go to those great lengths to completely change what we did in the last CBA. And we want to keep basically having the CBT percentage rise similar to what it's been and have the revenue go like crazy. That's what it is. The owners are greedy and the players wanted to be essentially treated fairly. And here's the other problem for the players. Like during the stretch since the last CBA, you have had smarter GMs come around. So what has happened to the players, unfortunately, is you have so many guys, and that's part of the reason they want to change the arbitration stuff, but you have guys that are entering free agency at 27. So, yeah, 10 years ago, people were like, yeah, why not give A-Rod that contract? Why not give Miguel Cabrera that contract? But the problem is now most of these general managers and president of baseball ops, whatever you want to call them, the head decision makers in these front offices, like, why would I give a 27-year-old that type of money? Why would I give a 28-year-old that type of money? It just doesn't behoove them to do that because those contracts are all going to be bad at the back end. So because of their GMs, the owners have gotten smarter, and they're actually saving money because of that. 617-779-7937 is the number. Oh, boy. David in Florida is here. Na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Goodbye. David, we got your intro music. What's up, man? <laughs> Just rather you play. I don't give a horse's hiney. You know, that's, uh, I mean, first of all, when you talk about the NBA, that's yeah. it. I don't give a horse's hiney. Bill a gift. There's a word for you. That's the, that's the, that's the, um, you don't like the NBA? Uh, no, no, Bill a gift. That's all I have to say about it. That's um, a text. You know, write this down D I L L I G I F. David, stop giving me orders. What's your point tonight? Do I look like I give? I'll let you finish it off. Yeah, I get it, David. What's your other point? Do you have a point? Yeah, my point. The NBA has their heads so far up their butts, they need a colonoscopy like I had last week. But they would find all their brains in there. Now, uh, I mean, hold on. Are you talking about the the MLB or the NBA? I don't understand. Well, first, first I was saying the NBA. The NBA players have their heads so far up their butts that they can't even, that they, uh, that they would find their brains if they had colonoscopies. Now, the baseball players Based are Based on what, behind. David? What are you talking about? Why are you saying this? I don't what get it. The game, that's what you were saying a couple of minutes ago, Shaq doesn't even know the name of the players. That's, that's great. I applaud you, Sir Shaq, because these players don't deserve to be known. They're selfish. Oh, come on, David. That's ridiculous. The players, they don't. you don't deserve to know their names? Come on. No, no, they don't, they don't deserve to have their names known. What, hold on, David. Tell me, what is – hold on. You just keep saying these outlandish things. What is your issue with the NBA players? 
Don't tell me their heads up their ass. Uh, Give me something specific. The, the, the fact that they think they can control the game, that they think they can, they, they can um, you know, that they have more more clout and more power than the coaches and managers. Uh, well, they do. I mean, they've they, proven that. Well, that's because the, the coaches and managers are weak, and the, the coaches and managers and 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 and. and uh, all right, David, this is a bad take. Do you have another take? This is a bad no, take. No, that's not a bad take. I am it's a horrible take. No, that's not a horrible take. These basketball players are disgraceful. Second of all, the, the baseball players are not far behind. Uh, I mean, in, in a time of a, of a pandemic, and they just can't even meet halfway or three-quarters of the way. I mean, I understand, and I respect the fact, like I said before, that in any walk of life, whether it's teachers going on strike or steel workers or policemen or baseball players, everybody has a right to express themselves. But you just gotta find you gotta find some meeting point, and they just their the, the ego is becoming a pissing contest. Wait, so you're, ma- you're blaming the players? No, I'm blaming the the, the, the owners oh, okay. largely, but but. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not there. I'd love to be inside the room and hear what they have to say. But, I thought you were uh, I mean, reporting on this, David. I appreciate the phone call. I thought David was out there. He's in Thanks Florida. for listening. <laughs> Happy birthday to Joe Castiglione. It's his birthday today, right, Matt? Or yesterday or tomorrow? Put me on the spot. I know it's I know it's within yesterday, today, tomorrow range. Okay. I saw it on Twitter that it was Joe's birthday. It's Happy birthday to Joe. Wish Joe was calling games right now at spring training, but unfortunately they're not because of everything going on here. But uh, David, Yay, baseball. <laughs> David called us last week, and he said, well, the meetings are in Jupiter. Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I don't know what part of Florida you're in, David. So I thought David was going to go down to the meetings. I mean, that's on him. Let's get to Kyle. He's in Lowell. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. I, I think uh, David, first of all, he needs to get like a – CT scan on his brain, not pull it off <laughs> too much at all. But um, honestly, I've called in multiple times past couple years on Tatum. Um, you know, been very critical, but um, you know, it's been it's been a delight to see over the past like months now how he's become a complete player. And I think more so than Tatum, he he has climbed the charts being on the MVP ballot consideration. But Emil Doka should be being talked about coach of the year like he's done what we've all been begging for is to get him to do what he won't do rebound pass the ball make others better like we've all been begging brad stevens couldn't do a year one all all they did was take away from emmy adoka kemba gone fournier gone you know what i mean the team the roster got worse if anything and all we've done is is gotten better as the team basketball as a team, we've gotten better because of anybody. Yeah, but Kyle, well, but Kyle, I think that they made the right moves in terms of look at Kemba Walker. He's not even playing for the Knicks anymore. Fournier got way overpaid. I think what it was, I think what they were doing is they were trying to get rid of these guys that like the ball in their hands a lot, a la Kemba and Fournier, to give and empower Tatum more. So I feel like that was part of the thought process there. Yeah, I agree with you, but I mean, we were late on getting rid of Kemba. I mean, that, we should have never got him in the first place. Yeah, but that you can't blame saying, Brad for that. I mean, that's on Danny Ainge. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, Drew Holiday or Brogdon were available at the time. I mean, we could get into that, but more so, I mean, we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. I mean, they're not they're not in contention to compete for a championship this year. I mean, they can make a little run here, see what 
get a get, give us something to be excited about. But they got to get a point guard in the offseason and you know beef up the bench, like you said. The roster is just not it's not deep enough. Like the bench players, Cam Pritchard, they're fun to watch. Yeah, I, I love them, but we got to get a legit six man to come off the bench and be a scorer. Like Cam Reddish is getting bounced about. I know it'd be a little bit of like a shot in the dark there, but he hasn't really fit in. He's, you know, there's some bad rumors about him, but. He's a high draft pick. He could be a good bench player for us. He can maybe find a home. Point guard, I really have no clue. Like we we've been we've missed the mark so many times going back to the Kemba deal, like being a a la letting Terry Rozier go. It's been multiple mishaps at the point guard position. So I just like to hear what you got any ideas. Like I got plenty of ideas for the bench, but point guard, yeah. I'm, I'm clueless at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Kyle. I appreciate the phone call. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. This is what I'll say. You don't, in in the modern NBA, you really don't have those traditional point guards. Chris Paul is like a dying breed. The guy that makes sure, hey, let me get this, let me set up this guy. I got to get Devin Booker going. Okay, let me get Mikhail Bridges, a corner three early in the game. Let me make sure I get an alley-oop for DeAndre Ayton. Like, the days of that type of point guard, the John Stockton type, the Rod Strickland type, that type of guy that sets up everything for everybody else, that point guard, the Steve Nash type, it doesn't really exist anymore besides Chris Paul. Kyle Lowry's kind of like that, and he's become more of like that in his older stage of his career, especially now that he's like a number two. He was a number two to Kawhi. He's number two with Jimmy Butler. You could argue he's a number three there because they have Bam Adebayo as well. But there's really not many point guards like that. But I do feel like when you have a setup with a Marcus Smart type and – a Derek White type, those guys are ball movers. I don't believe that you need that prototypical point guard with this team because Jason Tatum's going to be doing a lot of the ball handling. I feel like they need to get deeper on the wing position. That's where I feel like they need depth because after Tatum and Brown, who's your three and four? Grant Williams does a really nice job, but he's not a creator. They need another creator outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. A lot more to get into, including... The team the Patriots should build their offense like. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But I do want to continue on the Celtics. So Kyle mentioned something about Ime Adoka in terms of the coach of the year. So I want to look at the Eastern Conference right now in terms of which coaches actually scare you in a potential postseason series. We'll do that next here on EEI. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, one of the things I wanted to give Ime Adoka credit for is I was very down on having a two-big-man lineup. Maybe I was scarred from previous seasons. But in the modern-day NBA, you don't see a lot of two-big lineups. You see it with Cleveland, and you see it with the Celtics, and that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of teams you look across the league. Small ball has been the trend. Usually play with one big if you play with a traditional big. Like, remember, the Warriors' best lineup was with Draymond Green at the five. Now, obviously, he's hurt right now, but that was their best lineup, not even a traditional center. If you go back to the Heat, when they were winning their championships, Chris Bosh went from playing the four to the five. That was their best lineup with LeBron at the four. So we rarely see this in the NBA. And Ime Doka has stuck to playing both Robert Williams and Al Horford. And he made an adjustment. Now, Scal has talked about this on the station, that basically they have taken Robert Williams off the traditional big. So he's on like the corner three-point shooter, and he can just sort of roam like a free safety. And we saw it last night, four blocks for Al and two blocks for Robert Williams. And if you look at it, too, how about Al Horford being able to stick with Trey Young? This is a 35-year-old center, and he was able to stick with Trey Young. So Al Horford has given you more that you could have possibly asked for. He's having a really good season, especially defensively. Shooting is not what it once was, but, I mean, you kind of expect that with age in terms of a big man. But you do like the defensive effort. But if you look at their two-big lineup this year, they have a 111.5 offensive rating. That's what I was concerned about. I was wondering about the spacing offensively, but they figured that out. And defensively, they've been great. 99.8 defensive rating. So that's an 11.7 net rating with the two bigs out there. And I give Ime Doka a lot of credit for the success there because he made an adjustment. He made an adjustment to say, hey, let's keep Al on the traditional big. We'll put Robert Williams out there in the corner so he can just roam. And you kind of take advantage of his strengths. Because he isn't the biggest body in the world. He's not the best if you have like an Embiid type. That's not the type of matchup for Robert Williams. It's more when you put him in that role where he's roaming, so to speak, that's when he can be at his best. That's kind of, I'm not comparing the players, but that's kind of when Draymond Green is at his best, right? Where he's flying all over the place, not covering one specific player. And that has been something that really has unlocked the Celtics defensively. That adjustment. Now, they've been really good all season long defensively, but that adjustment sort of took them to the next level. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Caleb. He's in a car. What's up, Caleb? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Um, I'm just thinking we need Rajon Rondo. Oh, boy. Get him in the offseason. He's at the end of his career. Playoff Rondo. He's going to be the sixth man off the bench. Pass the ball. Get everyone involved. I mean, hell, he put his what, his fist through a monitor after he dislocated an elbow because he was pissed off like four years ago because he lost that game. Uh, Caleb, he also admitted that he stopped playing defense when he was here, so. Well, 
but that was when he was here. He stopped playing defense. Yeah, and then when he got then he got back, himself kicked off the team in Dallas. Remember that? Yeah, I do. But he is a player. Bring him home. He is the point guard that is ideal, especially off the sixth man. Who are you going to start him over, though, Kay? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I mean, he's the ideal point guard. How many minutes a game are you going to play this guy? He taking minutes away from Derek White or Marcus Smart next year? Adam, Jalen Brown? I don't get it. I mean, give him 20 minutes a game or he comes in and he just – he's a disher. He's the one that's going to facilitate – yeah, Marcus you know what, Caleb? Mar- I, hey, look, I appreciate Marcus. the phone call. I'm not going to go down the Rondo thing. I don't he, want. He's ball- averaged 16 points a game, uh, 16 minutes a game this year. He hasn't even played 20 minutes a game on average this season. He's going to do it next year for us. I think he's hurt again right now. I yeah, think I mean, I know they say he's a great locker room guy, especially for the younger guards in, in Cleveland. But that's because he has younger guards in Cleveland. They're impressionable. He's not going to come in and tell Marcus Smart how to do anything. Right, and I don't want him running the offense. I don't want the ball in Rondo's hand. And he hurts you offensively at this stage in his career. I know he had a nice run in the bubble with the Lakers, but come on. The guy has not been good basically for the past five, six years. He had a couple nice months in the Orlando bubble with LeBron. That's pretty much it, where somehow he learned how to shoot. And I, I believe that's more because of the depth perception. Like, anybody can shoot in that bubble. The hoop is, like, right next to the background. There's no fans. So I don't put too much stock into that run that he had with the Lakers. The guy's not been And he's been an issue in most places. Dallas, he got kicked off the team in the postseason. Rick Carlisle said, hey, don't show up. After he left here, he admitted that he wasn't playing defense anymore. Remember the whole issue with the Bulls, him and Jimmy Butler with the young guys? What they call themselves there? The three alphas? No, sorry. Rondo is not the answer. I really don't believe they need, like, a traditional point guard on the Celtics. It was nice of Jimmy Butler to include Rondo in the alphas group. Yeah, the, the three alphas, man. I They would have beat the Celtics, though, in that series. Remember they went up 2-0, and then Rondo got hurt? Yeah, I mean, well, Ron, yeah, Rondo got hurt, obviously, but Jimmy Butler in, in and of himself is one of those guys that you get to playoff time. You say, oh, God, I don't want to see him at all. I don't want him anywhere near us. Yeah, I don't I, I don't want any part of Rondo. I mean, that was the Dallas Mavericks when they made that trade. The best, they had the best offense in the NBA. Rondo went in there. He completely destroyed the entire locker room. But anyway, I did want to get to this real quickly, though, as it pertains to Jason Tatum. I think one of the most underrated things about him this season And I put stock into this because this is something that doesn't occur a lot in the NBA anymore. Jason Tatum is always on the floor. He's played the second most minutes in the NBA this year, 2,167. He doesn't miss games. And if you took Jason Tatum off this team right now, for example, like Joel Embiid's played 48 games for the Sixers. What would happen if Jason Tatum missed that amount of time? If you look at Jason Tatum on the season – His on-off numbers, the Celtics are 11.1 points better per 100 possessions with Jason Tatum on the floor than off the floor. If you look at some of the all-in-one metrics, a la sort of like baseball in terms of like the war numbers. So 538 does something called the Raptor War. Basically, uh, to summarize what it is, they use player tracking and on-off ratings. It measures the number of points a player contributes to a team's offense and a team's defense per 100 possessions relative to a league average player. So it's like war in baseball. Wins above replacement. He's at 9.7 this season. The only guys in the NBA that are higher than Tatum are Jokic and Curry. ESPN has a stat called real plus minus 7.12 for Tatum. He's behind only Jokic, Curry, and Bede and Giannis. 
So that's how important Jason Tatum has been to this team. And the fact that he's on the court every night should count for something in terms of all NBA and all that. Not to say that that's the most important thing, but I think we kind of underrate the value that Tatum has brought to the Celtics over the past year and change based on just being out there every night. Think about how often Jalen Brown is out of the lineup. Think about how often Robert Williams is out of the lineup. Think about how often Marcus Smart is out of the lineup. Tatum doesn't miss games. He missed seven games last year. Five were COVID. And one was because the season was over and they had the seventh seed locked up. He doesn't miss games. It's really remarkable. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you don't want to weigh in on this, does Tatum sort of get underrated here locally? I believe he does. I just I can't think of another town that's like this in terms of a young star player and a lot of the media in particular. And the fan base really, like, craps on Tatum a lot. I, I just can't comprehend it. Like, Trey Young, that guy has massive issues defensively. I don't – Atlanta fans don't give that guy crap. You think Cleveland fans are mad about Garland right now? You think Dallas fans are mad about Luka right now? I guess the only guy that gets it is somebody that deserves it, Zion, because the guy's never on the damn court, and it looks like he doesn't want to be there. Like That's the only guy. Nobody complains about Donovan Mitchell in Salt Lake. It's only Tatum. I don't get it. I really don't get it. So if you do have an issue with Tatum, please tell me what it is. It's 617-779-7937 right here on WEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 